Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We gonna have the rest of the team join shortly, but for us, we gonna get you started with just the two collabo with uh, A.D. Drew and Dr. Yada Cavill. With that being said, welcome to episode 433 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show. And podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora. That's all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA. We have some NIA news um, as well today, so we'll get that out here and get some thoughts on that as well. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. For short, we just call it HBCU Sports Pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host today, A.D. Drew at the beginning. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop should be along for the ride. We'll see if we can bring them in. Or oh, you know how they do. They might both be out on assignment. Busy men from many different ways. I guess I got to raise my fees to see if I can get them full time. It's just not quite working like that. But we're filming from our home studios and sitting alive to Caseways 1230 Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame and beautiful home, Texas University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, A.D. Drew, thank you for holding off. I see you're ready to crack up on me. But how are you doing today, and what are your thoughts? I'm doing fine today, Doc. I'm doing fine. And, uh, you know, I, I made sure that my assignment ended in enough time for me to get to my home studio. And, you know, <laughs> in my post-coaching career, I spent time as an official and I know you like to pull out the academic rules for when people are late and close the door on them and you know, all that stuff. I'm going to pull out the officiating rules. Okay. If you're not here by halftime, I get your pay. That's all I want to say to y'all fellas. Y'all better make it here by halftime or else, or else me and Doc go split y'all, go split y'all pay. You know, now you're already fine. You're already fine. So one of y'all already got to buy the beer on the way home. So I, I just want y'all to throw that out there, you know, so. That should be right up Mike's alley. You know, he, yeah. he's always <laughs> trying to buy something. Somebody's yeah. around. So he'll look at the inside behind him. Exactly. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Good stuff there, Drew. What else you were going to add? I'll say that's just a little bit of uh, insight behind the uh, word of officiating for uh, 
for those of you all who who've never done it. Yeah, it's more than a, it's more than the cause. There is a brotherhood, and sometimes there's some there's some. Can we? Shall I say hazing? Shall I say hazing? There's some uh, initiations and discussions. We'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. That go yeah, on we, behind the scenes. We are gonna take the hazing out of the vocabulary. <laughs> it's really challenging right now. We gonna be careful with that. With that being said, I'm gonna shift right back to you and talk about some of this NIA GCAC news of the week. Well, the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference has extended its membership invite to Wilberforce who accepted and it was a unanimous vote by the GCAC Council of Presidents in September and they will officially join the GCAC in 2024 as the only HBCU conference within NAIA the GCAC represents a vibrant community of like-minded institutions committed to empowering students excuse me, empowering student athletes through exceptional educational experience. And here's a statement from Wilberforce University President Van R. Newkirk. Currently, Wilberforce has few regional rivals. This impacts fan interest and the ability of the university to go into the interests of the students. Joining an all-HBCU conference, allows graduates of the institution to rekindle relationships with the schools that the university historically had rivalries. It, is, it also allows us to tap into regional HBCU alumni bases and thus increase our ability to earn a few dollars to support our athletic programs. Finally, for our students, it allows them to participate against similarly funded programs and to attend games against familiar teams. I think that sums it up in a nutshell, uh, Dr. Cavill. Good stuff. I want to get your thoughts on it. But before I do that, shout out to one of our colleagues uh, that comes into our spaces as we discuss the hot news of the day so we can all make sure we're staying on top of things. We can get some insight because we have colleagues uh, throughout the industry, many of them you see as guests on the show, some of them you don't, that oftentimes shares with us you would their thoughts on different news and why it's happening and things of that nature. So the curator of RIP 28 podcast, if you would, asked a pointed question uh, earlier today. Can someone, uh, one of you more educated brothers, as he puts in parentheses, or sisters, give me a little more clarification on where before it's going to the GCAC and the good, is a good thing. They are a seven-hour bus trip from the nearest school. I could see they play football. He could see it if they play football. And this was a football-only move. That's just five trips a year. But for basketball, studying, baseball, volleyball, how does it financially make sense? And he says, I'm legitimately confused. So I shared back. GCA scheduled conference games and clusters to reduce travel. So traditional home and away schedule you think about for basketball and CIAA, MEAC, SIAC, and SWAC uh, is not the case. I would suggest the HBC nuance and similarity funding program for competitiveness along with HBC cultural experience, which we talk about on the show all the time. Both student athletes can be significant. Think about the cluster format that is or in the SWAC for sports and volleyball that just took place this past weekend with the SWAC where you had the SWAC East cluster, Alabama A&M, 
uh, Alcorn State, Grambling State, Jack State, UAPB, Pine Bluff, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and Mississippi Valley State in Jackson, and then the SWAC West Cluster, which was Bethune, FAMU, Florida A&M, Alabama State, uh, Prairie View A&M University, Southern University, and Texas Southern University. Might have one of them flipped the other cluster. But generally, you see what many conferences are doing now and have done for a short time, and they're doing it at GTAC. So he was thankful about that. And just this is a circle nature. In fact, I put this out there in terms of conferences going to 16 teams, four cluster divisions and things of nature uh, almost 15 years ago. So sometimes you're ahead of your time for one thing, but that's really a separate question. But just wanted to share for folks that may not quite understand that. Remember, they also recently uh, brought in University uh, Virgin Islands, uh, which will play in a cluster format, uh, which is unique in my understanding that expansion for the GCAC, while we're not able to say the name, uh, Drew, in terms of one of those insiders, has shared that there may be some additional spending. In fact, there's likely going to be an announcement possibly as early as this week. But with that being said, I think it's important to provide the context, context about giving a framework for what that is. And so with that being said, before we might touch on some other things, quick thought from you, Drew. Uh, about that analysis, you agree with it? Uh, are you on the same page of kind of seeing that? Yeah, I 100% agree with it. I, uh, you know, I watched the cluster format last year during basketball season. It, 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 it was interesting seeing teams play three games in three days, and honestly, I think a Residual benefit of that format was those teams were a little bit more tournament tested because that is the format that you see in the tournament. Three games in three days, four games in five days, depending on on the tournament. So when the conference tournament came around and then those teams that went on to the national tournament, they were already used to that. They their their legs were already used to playing like that. They knew how to compete and recover in a three-game and three-day format. But let's, so let's stick Very with cool. the basketball tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Cavill, Wilberforce brings the GCAC to 11-member institutions next year, correct? Yes. So when the other shoe drops that that I uh, told you guys about, and you've, you've also had some – knowledge from other sources other than mine that this thing is probably going to drop this week. That puts the GCAC at 12. Why is 12 a magic number in NAIA? That is because now your basketball conference gets two bids to the national tournament. And we've always talked about our HBCU conferences not getting their due share. Well, we're guaranteed to have two beginning in 24 assuming no one leaves the conference uh, in the midst of all that. So that allows your regular season champion to enter the tournament. That allows your tournament season champion to enter the tournament. And if your tournament champion is the regular season champion, that allows your tournament runner up to go in place of, of that. So one of those two automatic bids. So, you know, opportunity to get to the national tournament for, our kids and to get them uh, more exposure. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Shout out to Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes, the commissioner of GCAC, obviously the first African-American woman to head lead that conference. Uh, with that being said, this is a conference that, you know, a couple of years ago, people were concerned that it may die, particularly when Stillman left, uh, Xavier was left. There was some concern with they Talladega to hold ship, Talladega. Uh, there were some major concerns about the ability for this conference. Not only has it survived, but now it's thriving and expanding to the point where in basketball they get to 12, you have two automatic bids. Totally amazing work among other things that she has done in the recommitment. This is a conference now that has essentially a full-fledged baseball <laughs> program that will earn automatic bids and things of that nature in terms of significant tournament with programs that literally are institutions that literally didn't have programs just two, three years ago. So think about that. So a lot of work and kudos to Dr. Kiki. And, and they've added volleyball also with a couple of institutions who did not have volleyball also, Dr. Cavill. Well said, gender title nine perfectly to make sure we put that out there. Quickly, we're going to go to our first break. We'll come back. We'll get Mike involved, get him on the show. He's joined us, and then we'll do that. Um, Mike's buying the beer since he was late. <laughs> exactly. North Carolina <laughs> Central <laughs> football name, FCS National Team of the Week. Uh, it was courtesy of FCS National Team of the Week, of Stats Perform. Also, in terms of that vein, we'll give you some players of the week. We'll do that in a later segment. But rankings, I think this is intriguing. FCS top 25, whichever one you talk about, you have a couple of them out there. You have North Carolina Central and Florida A&M ranked in various polls. North Carolina Central is hitting its plateau as it continues to climb. And one of those FCS polls, they have climbed inside the top 10. Number nine this week as they debut, 5-1 record. They move up two spots in this particular FCS coaches poll, points to 394. Have a week off next game. Uh, October the 19th, 7.30, a Thursday edition on ESPN. Uh, you on at Morgan State. Fam, you, oddly enough, the other team in the top 25 is number 16. They stay at uh, 16. They do not move up or down, obviously. Florida A&M is 5-1. and one. Uh, They have 248 points. Next game is also in two weeks, essentially, as they, they are open this week. But it's a Saturday contest, the 21st at Texas Southern University right here in Houston. So looking forward to that as I'm hearing the rallies are invading in Houston and planning to make it their home and have a good time. So I'm fascinated to see what that looks like, um, uh, what that does, even with a colleague right here at Texas Southern University. Shout out to uh, Dr. Todd uh, as he's in the college education getting it done. With that being said, we'll take our first break, come back on the other side. Time to get into the poll rankings and see what Mike and AD think about the mid-major poll rankings and get into a little bit of talk about some games of the week. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this first break. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We got the entire group back, and they already acting up, cracking jokes. All I know is the first round on one, second round on the other, so we're good to go. Let's party. With that being said, we're going to get in the mid-major <laughs> rankings. Top seven. We do have a new team in the top seven this week, so we'll let you know what that looks like as we get right into it. Dropping out this week was West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, three and two, two and one, as they fall after a tough loss this week. Uh, Notre Dame of Ohio, that is, they fall out. It is hard to get in the top seven up here. You got to be really having a pretty great season. But receiving votes, we have some teams just on the outside. That's West Virginia State, uh, as they are in the mix with 116 points. Fayetteville State Broncos at four and two, four and zero. They on the outside looking in, having a good season this far, but they're solid as things look. Uh, Albany State Golden Rams also on the outside, four and two. Four and zero uh, big games this week as they have 111 points. We'll see what that looks like in the mix. Starting with number seven, let's get into it. Miles Golden Rams, Golden Bears. Let me get that straight. Miles Golden Bears, four and two, three and one. They dropped four spots after a tough home loss last week, 131 points, but they're still in the top seven. And number six, Virginia Union Panthers jump into the top seven at five and one, three and. One quietly getting things done and made a new entrance in the top seven this week as they just continue to win 136 points. At number five, Allen Yellow Jackets, five and one, three and one, 140 
points. They move up two spots as they get back to winning ways. Fort Valley State Wildcats, quietly, if there's such a thing, five and one after five straight, including five of the conference games. One for moving up two spots. Bringing us to number three, Tuskegee Golden Tigers of Forno. Uh, they're rolling after they got a bounce back win. They move up two spots this week to number three. At number two, you start to hear the same refrain. These teams just know how to win. One of only two undefeated teams at the entire HBCU football playing framework. Obviously, in the mid-major division, they're at 6-0, 4-0. Three first-place votes. Gain a first-place vote after a big road victory uh, in closing somebody's homecoming out. 183 points, but they remain at number two. Bringing us to number one, the Benedict Tigers, 6-0, 4-0. Six first-place votes, 106 to remain at number one. They drop a first-place vote after a tough road victory, but they get it done uh, this week at number one. Fascinating to see what's going on. Since Charles is fine, the second one, I'm going to hold on him, and I'm going to go to Mike since he's first up the bat, and we've sent him to the bar. Go ahead, Mike. What are your thoughts on the top seven in terms of the mid-major this week? No, actually, uh, uh, this will be two weeks in a row, Doc, that – I, I don't. I really don't have anything to say. I, I think you. I think you hit it. Um, it's Benedict. I might be it's Virginia State. The third round, AD Drew. I'm feeling good. <laughs> they uh, it's Benedict. They I think undefeated. me up. I, I I don't know if I'd have to get number three after that shellacking against A and M, but you know they are. They did. They I are. I knew it was too good back. to be true. <laughs> they are bouncing back. <laughs> I mean, but they'll be switching place with Fort Valley because Fort Valley has Benedict coming up, so Fort Valley will be falling. So, <laughs> so oh. that, whole, that whole that whole middle section gonna get shot up. Virginia Union may move up a little bit, but <laughs> first two a spot on. But, but but number number three, four, five, they suspect <laughs> to be honest. They are real suspect. Man, dude. Mike is already getting into predictions. I, I love it. I don't know how you can be – how can you be number three and get a shellacking like that? I mean, <laughs> I, I have one, one touchdown, ten points, but they got shellacked. But, yes, they bounced back, but come on. Number three – that's only, other than that, you got number one and two right. <laughs> Charles, since you – that's your time to go to the bar. Come on and step to the plate and tell me what you think. You know what? Mike just hit it on the head because Billy they gonna clean out. I don't know how much in the SIAC. Virginia Union, <laughs> Virginia Union got a real opportunity to just keep moving up, keep moving up, keep moving up. But look, real quick, real quick, let me ask this question. That's pretty good. I, 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 I thought Miles had the best chance of knocking off Benedict, especially on the road. Uh, 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 Benedict going on the road two miles. Is there another team? that can really stay within the stratosphere of Benedict. I'm going to go to our SIAC expert, A.D. Yep. Drew, talk about that first and then give me your thoughts on the top seven. Are you saying in the SIAC, Charles? Yeah, yeah. Miles, Miles was the one, okay. in my opinion. Miles so with that being one. said, let me follow up before I ask you the top oh, seven because it sounded like you were going to go wow. there. In terms of the playoff, <laughs> What about if it goes, what was that, second, third round, and you see a Virginia State Benedict type matchup? Obviously, if they get into the playoffs, you know, we're forecasting a little bit here. Yes. 
to your point, since you kind of alluded to it, maybe you said, are you talking about SIC? What if we stretch that to a playoff quarterfinals matchup between Virginia State Trojans and the Benedict Tigers? Can the Virginia, can the Trojans get it done? The Trojans have enough of a ball control offense where they can mm. keep the ball away. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that Benedict defense negates a lot of teams' ball control offense, which will put you out of character. And once you get out of character and get behind with this Benedict uh, team and, and they could just send them in after your quarterback, from what I've seen over the last two years, it's pretty much over with at that point when you when you're playing Benedict. Good stuff. With that being yeah. said, go ahead and give me your thoughts on the top seven. All right, Doc. <laughs> I got on, on paper this top seven looks good. But I've got a couple of as our city of hall says, things that make you go, hmm. All right, let's take this. Let's, let's let's look at this. You've got a Fayetteville State outside of the top seven who yeah. beat Virginia Union. You've got two and O teams in their conference, Fayetteville State and Albany State, outside of your top seven. All right, you've got a Miles team who lost to the number one team. Had the game won, lost by a field goal, sitting at seven. All right. And also that same Miles team lost to an FCS by one single point, Dr. Cavill. True. So, and then, of course, uh, Mike pointed out, we took a shellacking to Alabama A&M, but we defeated Fort Valley State. So what do you do with that Tuskegee Miles mix? All right. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Fort Valley State, Allen, who sits behind Fort Valley State, got their butts whipped against them also. Yes. So there's a lot of things that could be going on here with these with these teams. Thing. The one thing I will say, Miles should not be number seven. I don't know how you f- fix the rest of them. But Miles should not be sitting at number seven, Dr. Kabir. That's why I said that three, they, four, five, that three, four, five, and they're gonna go away anyway. <laughs> I'm serious. And and Virginia Union and Miles gonna move up. <laughs> I think that's the unique thing between the power rankings that you all do Sunday night, which is a beautiful thing because it allows us to juxtapose about people's voting polls and things of the nature. A large component of this poll for most of the, the voters is what have you done most recently? Obviously, taking consideration all of them, but the computers take that into more consideration because it's just a data point in terms of what is your overall weight of the season and games you played. So I think that's why you see a little more variability in this poll because Miles just lost. And although it was, at, you know, it was close, many people, if they had a player two, they would have won, but you also got to figure that it was at home and they couldn't quite get it done. So I think those are the kind of things. So I would not be surprised, alluding to Mike, with the other teams and the variability and the playing, that Miles will quickly ascend back to the top. But I think for this week, that's why they kind of dropped out. And it'll be interesting when you start looking at Fayetteville State, Broncos, Albany State. You know, what does that mean for them? 
But at the end of the day, we know what it is. You keep winning and you'll find a way and get it done. But to your point, that's kind of where the variability, but I like the way you said something to say. Oh, uh, variability. Did you see who Albany study, State has this weekend? Studying that now, variability. Woo. Did you see who <laughs> Albany State has this weekend? Albany State will be dropping. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Charles, he's getting into his stats a little bit. Variability, uh, he, he perked up when we said that. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I, I, I was like in class, like, wait, wait, who's talking variability? Wait, 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 what's going on? Wait a minute, wait a minute, you just wait, wait a minute, AD. You you just said Albany State will be dropping, and don't they have Allen? And then who they got behind Allen? They got Miles. At, now that one they may drop. I don't and they, know. And, and then who they? And then who they got? Uh, four weeks, like three weeks from uh, from that. Yeah, but you said Allen. Okay, we talking about Allen. Let's go back to Allen. <laughs> yes, and then they got they they still have to go. Yeah, they got Boar Valley. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But you said Allen. I don't know if that's necessarily given. See, this right. is why I love the poll ranking because this is why this and, is important. And this is a shout out to the SIDs and, and other media folks. As you start talking about your games of the week and players to watch, um, make sure that you consider doing the rankings. Whichever one you choose to use, that's up to you. But when you have these top seven, top ten matchups, put it out there so you can have some discussion in terms of the ranking. With sports mm-hmm. information directors, uh, the media uh, group that we have out there, always use those numbers to talk about the variability and the ups and downs as you see um, colleagues talking about these matchups to come and what it will mean for the poll. It also gets those that are watching HBCUs into it and gives them an idea more than just where teams sit uh, in the conference standings. It gives a more broad view of what that looks like. With that being said, Mike, before we take our next break, I did want to quickly give you a chance that you wanted to add something in terms of GCAC, in terms of the expansion, and what are other things, or two other things, actually, that should be considered when you talk about the move of expansion mo- most recently in terms of the Virgin Island, and obviously this last one that was announced mm-hmm. with Weber Forest and joining the GCAC. No, thanks, Dr. Bill. I, I joined in a little bit late, so I'm, my beer tab's running. But uh, I heard that you and AD uh, talking, and I heard you know AD talking about the spring sports and some of the benefits of giving you you know t- conference bids. And then you talked about Title IX, but I was kind of looking at it from a business standpoint. Their footprint has increased, and you know history lesson three four years ago. People were talking about the GCAC like it was about to go off the cliff. Let's mm. be honest. Or that it may like go over. And now they, they pick up yep. the Virgin Islands. <laughs> they pick up Wilberforce, which is Ohio. Their footprint, their visibility, and their brand has now increased. Really, really by a factor of 10, if you look at business models, they the fact that they've increased their visibility and footprint of that conference means – Whoa, they get more eyes, they get more sponsorship potential. So I think there's a business aspect to their expansion as well. You guys are probably way more experts than I am, but now I'm sure I'm sure this is not the last that we heard of their expansion or, you know, media deals. Uh, given this, you know, uh, you know, they moved to 12. You know, now they got bids, now they get more eyes, now they get more visibility. So I think that's another aspect from a business standpoint that this move really alludes to. Great points. We'll cut it.
there, the business of sports, HBCU sports, we love to talk about in an adding dimension you get here that you don't necessarily get anywhere else. Let's get into our second break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about some of these key matchups uh, at the mid-major level. Stick with me right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew. Really going in. We're going to give you some of these top matchups as we talked about. First one is one that we're using as a classic. It's called the Lucille M. Brown Community Youth Bowl. It's in Richmond, Virginia, who we still a home of the Virginia Union University Panthers. It is a matchup featuring the top six programs we talked about today. We went to our overall ranking indicator. Bowie State has dropped all the way to 16 from just being in the top seven for the first couple of weeks to let you know what kind of slide they are on. But it's a CIAA matchup, October 14th, high noon, if you would. Bowie State Bulldogs, three and three, two and two on the season. Can they stop the slide as they go to number six, Virginia Union Panthers that had five and one, three and one? Be fascinating to see what this looks like. Let me go to you first, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Can Bowie start Bulldogs stop the slide? No, <laughs> not no. Uh, if you look at well, you know we can we can deal with their statistics, but let's look at that opponents. Up, uh, Bowie stayed hung a whopping ten points on St. Augustine, a whopping ten points. Virginia Union hung forty-seven points on St. Augustine, and then you look at Livingstone. Uh, almost the same thing, not, not as much of a difference. So I look at Bowie State and I'm like, what's happening? You know, offensively, they were moving the ball a little bit more the early of the season. I'm wondering if there's an efficiency issue or what, or is it they're just not that team of years past that we thought they were or what? But needless to say, to make things short, this is this has Virginia Union written all over it for me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let me go to you, Charles, and 
see what your thoughts in terms of this matchup that features CIAA teams here. Well, I, I think the, the luster is off Bowie State a little bit here. And, and one of the things that really jumps out at me, uh, they're coming off a game where they could not stop Kimo Clark. Kimo Clark rushes for 244 yards in that game, four touchdowns. And guess who's coming this weekend? Jada Byers coming yes. back into the front. And he's coming off a game where he rushed for 246 yards and two touchdowns. Until they can stop the run, the slide will continue. I got Virginia Union big in this one. Good stuff. Good stuff. With that being said, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. Do you agree with your two colleagues here, or are you going in a different direction? No, we're we not bucking the train over here, uh, down here in <laughs> South Georgia. We are going, we know how to follow the leader. Uh, look, I, I'm, with, I'm with both these guys. That running game of Virginia Union, you know, you pictured uh, Jada Byers, Charles. They've got two other backs there at Virginia Union when Jada yeah. Byers went down. So I'm not worried about it. I missed the uh, press conference with. Uh, Dr. Parker today, Dr. Alvin Parker. I'm normally on his Tuesday press conference, and but just his mindset this year, one game at a time. They're gonna do what they need to do to to get to get this victory, and you know he's going to stick with that potent run game, shorten the game, and they and they gonna just take this to the house, man. It's it's almost a done deal, but. Last time I said that, they lost to Fayetteville State. So there is a glimmer of hope, but it's just a glimmer. It's not a full. It's not a full forest fire. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was not just a glimmer. It was in a rainstorm as well. I'm not saying they had anything <laughs> to do with it, but hey, boy, we're counting down to what that Virginia Union Panthers and Virginia State Trojans match. We are at the end of the season. Yep. Well, that could feature top three, top four type matchup, depending on how things go. So it would be fascinating to kind of keep our eyes on that. I know it's a way off, but if we can get fortunate and see that matchup, boy, it would be a beautiful thing. I'm going to stick with you, A.D. Drew, as we're going to go deep into Florida. That is Miami Gardens, Florida. Beatty T. Ferguson Stadium, Battle of Miami Gardens, Independent Sun Conference game, Saturday, October 14th at 11 a.m., for us in the Central Standard Park, how new for them over there, independent non-conference mid-major division game of the week features overall number 16 in NIA poll rankings, St. Thomas University, uh, Florida, Bobcats that are 4-2 and two and 4-1 and one, and feature our number old strength of HBCU schedule, number 13, Florida Memorial Lions, that are 3-2 and two and 2-0 two and oh in the conference race. Drew, what are your thoughts on this intriguing matchup? First of all, your posters have not been paying attention to the NAIA. Florida Memorial should be ranked higher than 13 in the uh, Dr. Cavill's uh, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab poll. Matter of fact, at the Black College Sports Network rankings, they were in the top five as far as, our, as, far nice. as the computer rankings. That's how good uh, they are. And you want to know why they're in the top five, Dr. Cavill? They lead the Sun. First of all, you have to know about the Sun Conference. This Sun Conference yeah. is one of the premier conferences in, in AIA. Mm-hmm. They lead the Sun Conference in offense. Scoring, yardage, yep. passing offense, rushing offense. Preach. But who's right? But who's right behind them? 
St. Thomas Saint is Thomas. directly behind them in all of those categories. <laughs> and if you haven't looked, I'll go ahead and tell you. There are three undefeated teams in the Sun Conference. There will only be a maximum of two undefeated teams after Saturday because two of those three undefeated teams play each other. This this Florida Memorial team, you know, uh, Coach Greg Ruffin, when he was at Edward Water, said, I can go get a full folk anywhere down here in the state of Florida. They they grow like <laughs> weeds down here. Well, somebody figured it out down there at Florida Memorial because 47 <laughs> points a game, Dr. Caville. They got their first year. Four, yeah. four of their five games, they have scored 50 or uh, they have scored 47 or more points, Dr. Caville. They, wow. now, now, let's think about it. Their two losses, they're three and two, and I'm, I'm going to uh, close it out on this. They lost to a FCS. That's moving up not one, but two mm-hmm. levels for all y'all who don't know. And they still put up 500 yards against Grambling in that game. Mm. And, they lost it. and they lost an overtime game, uh, forty-seven. I think it was 50 to 47, in week zero, when they were still trying to figure things out. So this one right. Memorial team looks like it's for real, y'all. Y'all better pay attention. I got Memorial, I got Memorial no, we, winning at home. Man, they don't pay attention now that you brought that down. Charles, uh, <laughs> I'm Mike, I'm going to go to you. Usually we wait to Sunday to take them to church and get them prepped for church. Yes. It looks like A.D. Drew is getting them ready for an early Bible, Bible study. study in terms of what he's doing. Exactly. <laughs> so, Mike, what are your thoughts? As you were talking about preach, what are your thoughts? Preach. on these I, I haven't seen St. Thomas play. I've seen glimpses of Florida Memorial. A.D. Drew is absolutely right. If you yeah. look at all of the statistics, too, 47 points, 47 a game, uh, rushing. And here's the other reason why they'll win. If you look at their leaders and stats, you look at rushing. Of the top seven runners in the conference, three, three belong to Florida Memorial. Yeah, yeah. That's too many. Uh, now, St. Thomas is up there in, in stopping defense, but I don't know. I think that Florida Memorial offense with leading leading and rushing, passing, offense, points scored, I, I think they'll pull this one out. I think it'll I mean, you also look at their points, their average margin of victory, their last few games. Look, I'm about 10 points higher on average than St. Thomas, data point-wise speaking. So I think that Florida Memorial just has a little too much bringing to the field. I think they should be in the rankings. I agree. Brother A.D., you are the expert, but I agree completely with that. Bro, they put up 72 last 72. Yeah. Like like a basketball game. it, Average it, margin of victory. It's <laughs> literally, it's literally nothing else I can add to it because I, I, I think AB, you touched on it. They turned my head when I saw they had on five hundred yards of offense on, on Grambling's defense, and and Grambling has a pretty decent defense. That Lewis Matthews, Sundiata mm-hmm. Anderson, they got some guys that can fly around over there on that side of the ball. So that turned my head. But then I looked up and saw seventy-two points last week. I said, wait a second. So I'm kind of, I was sitting around waiting, like. When are they going to be a, a, a matchup for us to take a look at? And lo and behold, what do we have? We got Florida Memorial on the docket uh, as far as a, a matchup, key matchup to take a look at. I'm going to go with the Lions on this because they, they remind you of the, you know, those those high-octane offenses that can't be stopped. Yes, sir. Let's get, get Billy Joe out of Washington. 
Roy said Michael Washington will be drinking a Tiger Woods. Silas says, Charles, you and my frat brother make a great broadcasting team. We're going to have to make you an honorary panther. We won't tell JSU. So people are excited <laughs> what you're doing on the mic. I wanted to share with them. It was pretty cool. Let's get into our next break. Come back on the side. Great segment. And we'll get into the major poll rankings on the other side. Stick with us. We'll be right back. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lose, yeah, and who's about, about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have Professor Drew, Professor Bishop, Professor Washington. Let's get into the top seven poll rankings for the mid, for the major division in week number uh, six as we get keep things going. Let's get in the top rankings as things have changed, and maybe they've not. Dropping out this week after we had a top seven matchup, the Southern Jaguars took it to the chin, fighting in there, had to leave, but could not hold on at home. So they fall out of the polls and fall to two and three, two and one on the season. Also falling out this week, Alcorn State Braves, even though they got the win, they could not get in the top ten with everybody doing different things, three and three on the season, two and one this week. Uh, receiving votes, also Point State Braves at 3-3, three 2-1, three, 160 points, 65 points. Southern Jaguars, 2-3, 2-1, 154 points. Alabama A&M Bulldogs are 3-3, 1-2, three 147 as they also fall out of the polls this ranking. Really tight in the top seven. Let's get into it. We have two teams that jump into the top rankings this week. As we kind of see those teams at the bottom trading spots, with wins on, wins off, we'll see if that clears up some things. At number seven, we have Prairie View and the Panthers. All right, three and three, uh, three and one. Jump back in the poll this week, 174 points. At number six, you have the Grandma State Tigers at three and three. Uh, they fall a spot to three and three on the season, two and one, uh, as they stay in the top seven, even though they had a tough loss. At number five, Hampton Pirates uh, fall two spots this week as they fail. As well, three and two, one and one, 187 points. At number four, you have the Tennessee State Tigers. They were not ranked. They jumped back in the poll after they get a win uh, this past weekend at three and two, one and one on the season. Looking at the top three, at number three, 
Jackson State Tigers are four and two, two and one, 215 points. They move up a spot after they get a big neutral site victory out over Alabama AM, top seven matchup, top 10 matchup last week. Uh, but they get it done. And number two, North Carolina Central Eagles, five and one, big victory, top 25 Ooh. victory, but not enough to squeeze out FAMU. They have six first place votes, 245 points. Uh, Rain and number two, they take one of the first place points that came away from Hampton last week, but guess who got the other one? Number one, Florida AM Rattlers, five and one, four and oh, six first place votes, 246 points, just edging out North Carolina Central by one point. Some polls have Central number one, some have FAMU. I wouldn't argue whatever way you go. I'll just be straight up with that before I even ask going to the rankings. It's just that type of a race. It looks like these two teams are on a collision course to play in the Celebration Bowl. And, boy, at this point, you talking about what could be a fascinating matchup. Can both teams hold on? It's probably more important that Central finishes the season now as they get in the conference race. Think about this. At 10-1, and one, as fam, you may be able to bump their head and still get in. Uh, but could you think about this? You could have a 10-1 and one matchup versus a – 11 in the matchup between the MIAC and SWAC, both teams in the top 25. If they continue to win at that time, you talk about maybe two teams in the top 10, certainly one of them just outside of it uh, with that framework in terms of what it looks at. Obviously, one and two in the poll rankings for everybody. It would be fascinating for that matchup, but there's still a lot to be played for in terms of those teams out the Southern says, hey, we might want to rematch. Alcorn State, the Braves says, we want our shot. We're going to go down the whole list in the West. Grambling says, hey, what about us? Prairie View says, hey, we'll take a homecoming shot, and then we'll take a do-over as well. <laughs> Did I miss anybody? Texas Southern says, we're 0-2, but it's just stop. We're just a game back. Let us start our trend on it. So, man, it's interesting. Jackson State is sneaking in the weeds, say, hey, mess around and find out. <laughs> what that being said, exactly. what are your thoughts in terms of our top seven? Drew, I'm going to start with you. All right, I, I'm going to do some math right here, Dr. Cabell. FAMU Central, both with six first-place votes. You mean somebody had the nerve not to give either FAMU or Central a one or a two? Because that's the only reason that you would have a difference is somebody had to vote Central three in, in they, on a ballot. That's right. I don't know. I don't know who that was, Dr. Cavill, but you need to question what they were doing when they put that ballot in. That's all I'm going to say, going to say about that, because like you said, it's they either one or two, you know, tomato, tomato is it, it, it's, it's real subjective, but you can't argue with them. But for somebody who actually had the nerve to write three on their ballot, you need you need to you need to question. They uh, you need to question them, Dr. Cavill. Now, I agree with you. I agree you said. You say this is a week-to-week poll, Dr. Kabil. When I look at what's going on up here, five of your seven teams won in your top seven. But the other t- another team that won that's receiving votes barely received votes. They're, they're technically number 10. How is Alcorn not in with a win over Grambling? And then, and, but Hampton and Grambling or still in. Posters. Help me out with that one. Explain that one. Now they explain. Explain that to me. Y'all can have it now. Charles, explain it. 
Aquí. Aquí. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even <laughs> But you know what? I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here laughing. I'm like, you know, it's Florida A&M, it's North Carolina Central, and it's a whole muddle of folks right up on the DM. But the, the thing that I really take a look at, boy, we got a lot of football to play. I, I, I'm not ready to pencil either one of them into the Celebration Bowl just yet because uh, I, I just think right. that over, over October and November, we're just going to see a lot of shaking out uh, that's going to happen. And it, I got some, you know, some interesting – some interesting matchups. I mean, and on paper, it doesn't look like uh, something that will jump out at you, but FAMU making a trip to Houston to take on Texas Southern, to me, that's going to be an interesting game. I think when North Carolina Central gets into conference play, as great as they've looked thus far, I, I, I just I just feel like something weird is going to happen within MEAG play because I, I think they just play good Football. I think the margin of error is so thin going forward uh, that that it's just you're just going to have a lot of things shake out. And let me big up Tennessee State. They're, they're playing some good football. It's been a second or two since we watched Tennessee State play uh, some really decent football. It's it's good to see them back in in the mix, you know, in the top five of things. But they got a guy to, uh, that can tackle everything moving out there on the field. Moreau Beard, Draylon Ellis is playing you know, decent, competent quarterback play, and they run the ball. They're, they're, they're touching all the elements. So uh, Tennessee State, you know, I'm just keeping an eye on them with regards to what they're doing and keep an eye on the Prairie View and the Panthers. I'm, I keep saying it. Keep an eye on them. They have, if they quit shooting themselves in the foot, they can be an explosive team. Yeah, I, I watched it and looked at the stats when I was asking questions during the SWAT football meeting today of Coach McDowell. And it just came across that I was looking at their wide receivers. They had six wide receivers that caught balls, but their average pass between the receivers like 12 yards. And you've seen these plays of 20 yards, 30 yards, yeah. 35, 70 yards for a touchdown catch. And I was like, they not only do they spread it around, you can't just key on anybody, but if they get loose and when they do make passing plays, they are deep yardage i mean some of them yards at the catch some of them are down the field so it's intriguing that you're right if they can get some balance in terms of what that looks like and this is not including that they can run the ball so yeah. it's fascinating to kind of keep your eyes on it and i don't think a lot of people are really paying attention to it with that being said let me go to you mike to see if you can explain no i cannot and i agree with dr mr ad on some of his points <laughs> no i will explain it <laughs> there is no way to explain it. Um, I think you got one or two. That's it. I, I think for me, North Carolina Central, I don't want to call it, you know, they, they're in the drive. They're really, that truck you presented in, in our previous broadcast and who's in the driver's seat. There's any teams in the driver's seat. It's North Carolina Central. They are two teams up against the next team. Now they're getting into conference play. Who's going to get them? Howard? Morgan State, yeah, Howard narrowly beat Northwest, but who's really gonna stack up against against Hello? them? Hello, Orangeburg, <laughs> South Carolina. Hi, South Carolina State. I will give you South Carolina. Yes, uh, that's probably the only team that and, I'm looking. And, and they and they trended up, Mike. So be so, watch out for them. Uh, 
yeah, okay. <laughs> so I agree with uh, AD's point on why why uh, Grambling is actually there. They get they they lost. Why Alcorn State is not there? Yeah, yeah. And I and but personally, I think North Carolina Central. You can make an argument. I personally think they should number one. If to be the, to to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Yeah, I, I'm just a fond believer in that. Yeah. And there, that that Swack West is gonna go. We said it at the beginning. We said it at 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 uh, media day. That Swack West, you're gonna have folks moving up and down each week from this point on, depending on who they play. Uh, and CB, I echo your points about Prairie View A and M. If they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, making dumb stuff, doing stuff that causes me to drink weird stuff. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> Yes, Prairie View does have a really good shot at it. So we'll see. This this, this next half of the season, at least for the SWAC West, will be very, very interesting. I still want to put a data point. We saw kind of a little bit of vulnerability in FAMU. That southern line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we saw some vulnerability. That we saw that Superman could bleed, basically. Uh, that, that southern line. Mm-hmm. That that they they hey they did something with FAMU just that hey just mark that in quotations as a Bootsy data point right there. There there's some vulnerabilities there. The only thing is, is I'm not sure they're gonna face another defensive front quite like so. Yeah, I'll just yeah. say yeah. that. I, I, I mean, won't say that. They, 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 they got by Alabama State and Southern. Those probably the best two yeah. uh, defenses yeah. out there. And in my yeah. opinion, no question in terms of what that looks like. Um, two. Charles's point, I want to put out there, you're right. Uh, the record may not reflect it, and people are really down on Howard because of the way they lost to Hampton, but we're seeing now that loss to Hampton may not be uh, as bad as it looked in terms of the way it happened. Um, and some of their losses to FBS, we know it doesn't necessarily translate, uh, but they seem to be playing some good football and still has to travel to Howard this year. So that can mm. be a little more. Interesting. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. They travel to Morgan State. I just don't think they have enough offense to get it done. Defense, they can at least muck it up and make it look close. And then South Carolina State, they seem to be riding the ship and they playing coy like they always do. And um, <laughs> I think they got to go back down there, Orangeburg. So you just never know. That's always a problem. I'm fascinating what that looks like. With that being said, let me shout out to former president Alveda Lambda, a family. Uh, Alumni, supporter, brother Byron Gautier on here. Troy Lamont, he says A&T and G doing his homework. We're ranked 10 and 11 in 2017 when they played in the Celebration Bowl. Good stuff. And this one I took a picture of. I had to give him credit. Even though I'm like, you're messing with my pose, I'm going to get on it for this. But he says, ridiculous that North Carolina Central, NCCU, isn't number one. Hashtag what TH. Auntie Aggie saying that about Central? Man, I got to give credit for that. Let's go to our next break. Come back on the other side. We'll get the matchups, and we'll call it a day. Stick with us after this break. Shout out to Troy Lamont Coleman.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention as he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We're going to get right into the group where we got some nice major division matchups this week. Uh, we have in Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. It's homecoming. Let me say it again. It's homecoming. Swag matchup Saturday, October 14th. We'll do this as our major classic game of the week. We didn't have an official classic game, but we decided we go to homecoming route. With that means said, 2 o'clock ESPN Plus, you have Alabama State, 2 and 3, 1 and 2. They asked for this last year in terms of wanting to be on the schedule of homecoming. Uh, well, Coach got it. Number three, Jackson State Tigers at home as they ascend to the three ranking. Four and two on the season, two and one. If I had to look at Alabama State in terms of where they are in the overall ranking of the 21 teams, they're at 12. So you have uh, them outside of the top 10, but it's fascinating to see what this may look like. Charles, I'm going to start with you uh, being uh, Mississippi native. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I take a look at this uh, matchup, and it's a very interesting matchup from the standpoint of uh, Alabama State plays defense. They play good, hard defense. Uh, even uh, 2022, when Jackson State went to uh, Montgomery Tech on Alabama State, that game was nip-tuck. It was a hard-fought game, and Jackson State was able to pull out to the fourth quarter. Uh, and the underlying question with Alabama State, and we've seen it again this year, can they score any points? They're only averaging 16 points a game. And for that reason, I think Jackson State uh, has enough firepower uh, where they can uh, – uh, and, and caveat, which Jason Brown do you get? <laughs> I'll put it, put it out there like that. Which Jason <laughs> Brown do you get? If you, if you get the good Jason Brown, I think uh, Jackson State should be able to get the W in this one. You get the so-so Jason Brown where we having to substitute the quarterback, uh, backup quarterback in for a couple of series so he can kind of – you know, get his bearings again, and it's going to be a hard whole quarter for Jackson State. But good Jason Brown, Jackson State is a different team. Okay, so, so Jason Brown, yeah. So I got Jackson State in this one. Mike Washington? Yeah, I, I, I go with that. I mean, you look at your rankings, but, you know, statistically, you know, 16 points a game, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry, and they they not they not too do not too do not doing too much on the uh the uh, defensive side. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna roll with uh, 
uh, Jackson State on this one. I don't care how good or how mediocre Jason Brown is. Jackson State still finds a way to put up points. Um, and I, I think they'll find a way over the over this this team. Um, the the other thing I guess I got to think of is let's look on the other side defensively. You know, can Jackson State stop Alabama State? And I, the answer for me is yes. So uh, my my vote goes with Jackson State on this one. The stuff. Let me go to you, Amy Drew. You said Alabama State was twelve, Doctor Gaville. That means Charles. Charles, couple of years. I'm getting. I'm getting used to statistical term. I don't need you to go crazy on me. Uh, <laughs> that means they are the median of the conference. They are smack dab in the middle of our FCS. Well, because of that, I need to lead to a team who's in the upper third, upper quarter of of our rankings. It's, it's real simple. Mike just hit it on the head. 16 points a game is 16 points a game. That's that's not good offensively. If that's what your defense was giving up, I'd love to see something like that. But that's not. Your offense is scoring 16 points a game, and your defense is giving up about a, a respectable 20, 20, 21 points a game. Also, it's a doggone shame that they can't figure out how to get the ball to Keyshawn Johnson, who can, who is arguably the best, the receiver, best receiver in the conference. in the yeah. swag, but yeah. he has nobody who could consistently get him the ball where he needs to get the ball to make that offense potent. If they could figure that out, that sixteen points a game easily turns to twenty twenty four to twenty seven points per game for Alabama State. If yeah. that happens, if that happens, Charles, and you get bad, Jason Brown. Jackson State might be in trouble. I don't mm. think it's going to happen, mm. but just want just want you to be on alert for that. No doubt. Good stuff. Sticking with you, AD Drew. Let's go to Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium. Since we're talking homecoming, homecoming. Let's stick with homecoming. We have Norfolk State Spartans at two and three. Uh, hadn't started the conference play at number four. Tennessee State Tigers three and two. One coming off a big victory. Uh, Big South OVC matchup against the MEAC. Saturday, October the 14th, 5 p.m. It's a late homecoming. So everybody will be excited, lathered up, ready to go. ESPN Plus, if I had to give you the overall ranking for NOFO State, they would be 14 in terms of this week of where they are measured. With that being said, Eddie Drew, what are your thoughts between this matchup, uh, Tennessee State and NOFO State? Who starts homecoming at 5 o'clock local time? That's question number one. Before I even get into the analysis, who starts homecoming at 5 o'clock? There's going to be somebody who's not going to make it to 5 o'clock because of (laughs) the morning into the afternoon. So beware of that. Uh, Number two, people at Tennessee State, maximize your revenue opportunities in this particular game because you will draw more people to this one game than you are going to draw the rest of the season combined at home. I just want I just want y'all to make sure that y'all maximize your revenue opportunities. Now let's get to what's happening on the field. T- Tennessee State, good defense, good running game. Norfolk, inconsistent. 
We've seen good Norfolk, we've seen bad Norfolk, and we have seen ugly Norfolk this year. We don't know which one of them is getting on that bus head to Nashville. But Tennessee State beats bad, ugly Norfolk. Tennessee State beats bad Norfolk. And a, a good Tennessee State beats a good Norfolk in, in this particular game, should we get there. And also, Dr. Cavill. Let's see who let's see who's gonna win in on the uh, halftime. That's yeah. gonna be the battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Usually we wait to Thursday to talk about the marching sport, but since Just Drew brought team. it up, he's absolutely correct. The Legion is coming. The Spartan Legion is coming to invade. Legion versus Nashville aristocrats. Take on the aristocrats. aristocrats. Yeah. So not only do you have a major HBCU matchup here. On the football field, you also have a nice one in terms of the Battle of the Bands. So, again, you talking about the attendance for this game, it could even get bigger than that because I heard Norfolk State wants to show out how they travel. One of the first ones, and they're doing a precursor the next as they go to the Atlanta for the VXWAC Challenge. So they're taking it in a plan, and they have a lot coming out of Atlanta to come to this game is what I'm hearing. So fascinating. You can go to whatever direction you want to go with all that information, Charles. What are your thoughts? I, I think Norfolk State, very interestingly, is a lot like Jackson State. Which one are you going to get? I think you touched on it. Uh, which Otto Coons are you going to get? And, and that's what makes this uh, chess match really kind of interesting to me. Uh, I take a look and I go back. Norfolk State got the win against Hampton, but but Hampton ran through them to over 200 yards in that game. So that was the thing that kind of – you know, it's sort of a check mark because you know Tennessee State is going to run the football. They're going to have multiple guys. They're going to pound you, pound you for four quarters. It's going to be a very physical contest. Can Norfolk hold up? Well, that's the question with regards to that. Uh, defensively, they, they, they're starting to kind of look like old Tennessee State team where you got linebackers flying around and they're starting to get to the quarterback. Defensive line, big, fast guys uh, that come after the quarterback. So I got Tennessee State winning homecoming. I think Tennessee State is a, a team that's on the come up. Uh, I like like what Eddie George is doing with them up there. I think the Tigers will get them. Speaking of Coach Eddie George, had great comments. You know, check out his comments HBCU game day where he talked about uh, the disappointment and his challenge in speaking up in regards to the funding that Tennessee State has not had. This is the second time that he uh, spoke out. He was asked a question during the media session uh, today, and so he talked about it. With that being said, Mike, Eddie, Coach Eddie George says he's ready. He has a team going in the right directions. Is that what you think? And what are you, your concerns with Coach Odoms in terms of him bringing the Legion, all his fans and band football team in the match? <laughs> Well, I'll leave the band with the band. I, I think uh, the, we'll we'll see. I, I I tip my edge to the aristocrats personally, but we'll see what the Legion gonna do. Uh, one thing that concerns me about Norfolk State, you know, they they they've had a couple of good good wins, but they're like a roller coaster. I think both CB and AD alluded to it. They are allowing two hundred fifty yards on the ground rushing. Okay, you know how many they putting up. Oh, about 180, 190. So, so they're allowing uh, teams to rush <laughs> through them. Um, and you know, I look at the I'm kind of browsing a couple of games. That's a big concern because you look at Tennessee State, a team that can rush the ball as well. 
So I got to give this edge, you know, mm-hmm. just looking on who can rush the ball, defensive sound. I don't know which team I'll get, but even at its best, I think Tennessee Tennessee State is, is up on the come up. They've had a few solid wins this week. They're in the middle of the OVC. So I, I give this one to Tennessee State. Good stuff. It's another opportunity for the MEAC in terms of what they're doing non-conference-wide. The big matchups, they had seven games, I mean, 12 games scheduled against the Coastal Athletic Association, formerly known as the Colonial CAA, uh, because the one game last week was Stunning Brook against Morgan State was canceled. You still had the game uh, that we talked about with Elon on Sunday, uh, taking it the L to North Carolina Central. The MIAC finished six and five against the CAA. So this is another chance for them to continue to make a statement in terms of the non-conference victories. I mean, interestingly, they finished with a winning record against FCS program, but end up having a losing record against the CIAA. Football is just a weird sport sometimes. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. And I guess I must add they're one and one against the SWAC, but they get a chance uh, with the big trophy at the end to have a winning record with that one. But SWAC says it's time to change guard. We shall see. I am Dr. Yadikaville, the dean of HBC Sports. Coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Oftentimes we have A.D. Drew joining us every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Sunday at 9 as we get you prepared before you get out to church. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. With that being said, make sure you check out on Wednesday, ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back on Thursday, obviously. Then on Sunday, you have the College Brown. And then Sunday, you close things up uh, with A.D. Drew and Brian in terms of Brian and A.D. of the sports wrap. And again, that's Saturday for Carlos Brown. Follow me, Dr. Kenyattaville, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, one on Twitter. That's Facebook and YouTube on Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. AD? Dismissed. Yeah.